Hello, I'm Clive Nash. Welcome to Let God Speak. We're glad you have joined us for today's discussion of Offerings for Jesus. When we think that our God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit is the creator of the universe, the idea of giving him something seems strange. The psalmist said it well, what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? Or as the New Revised Standard Version puts it, what shall I return to the Lord for all his bounty to me? We will let God speak through the Bible to answer that question. Our panel today, we have Kylie Fisher and Harold Harker. Welcome, Kylie and Harold. Thank you. Good to have you with us to discuss our topic for today. But before we get into that, let's take time to pray. Our loving Father in heaven, we want to invite your presence here through your Holy Spirit, not only for us here as we discuss this topic, but all those who will be watching or listening today as well. We pray that they will abundantly bless as we open your word and let you speak. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we have found uh, in our series so far that uh, tithing is important. But uh, in addition to that, uh, there were offerings given in, in Bible times, Harold, weren't there? And what, what kinds of, of offerings were mentioned in the Old Testament? Well, each family had their own altar where they would worship. And there they gave offerings. There were burnt offerings and grain offerings, drink offerings peace offerings. And if you went to the temple, there were more offerings there. There was a sin offering and a guilt offering that you had to bring if you sinned. And then, of course, there were thanksgiving offerings and offerings for the poor. And if there were special projects, the building of the temple, there were mm. offerings for that. And of course, there were sacrificial offerings that were really complicated a bit but in meaning they related to salvation. And if I had a willing heart, I would give. And that's what happened in Bible times. Mm. Yes, it's, it almost touches on a question I have for you, Kylie. You know, what, what uh, is a good reason for bringing gifts to the Lord? So as you were saying earlier in the introduction, God is our creator. Really, we owe absolutely everything to him. Not only is he our creator, he also sustains us. We know that in him we live and move and have our being. And for us as sinful human beings, he's also our redeemer. So, you know, three things that we owe to God. And so really gratitude is, is the ultimate reason why we would yeah. bring our offerings. First uh, John 4 verse 19 says, we love him because he first loved us. And so we bring our offerings out of a grateful heart, out of a loving heart. That's what makes our gifts meaningful. Mm. Yeah, yeah, love is a powerful motive, isn't it? Uh, you know, I think of my mother's sister, for example, Gertie Buttress, uh, lived a long time ago, long before um, you know, modern medicine uh, was available to, to treat kidney disorders. And uh, she was engaged to a, uh, a young man called Joe Reel, who went off to fight in World War I. That's wow. what we're talking about a long time ago, <laughs> over a century ago. And uh, when he came back, uh, she was seriously ill with kidney disease. Uh, 
they were engaged, but uh, she didn't live to, uh, to be married. Mm. But uh, he had married later, just Joe, and uh, one of his grandchildren told me that he always wore a signet ring that Gertie had given him. He wore it till the day he died. So, you know, I think that was a, that was love, wasn't it? Was. Uh, and that's kind of, kind of it. But, but let, let's move on. Um, does, does the Lord need our gifts, uh, Harold? Does the Lord need what we give? Well, basically, God has entrusted to us as Christians the opportunity to share the plan of salvation with the whole world. And of course, there are practical things. There's needs for buildings and equipment, and you have to care for that. But the Lord really doesn't need our offerings for his own sake. But here's a quote that I'll read to you and it comes from councils on stewardship. Yet God permits us to show our appreciation of his mercies by self-sacrificing efforts to extend the same to others. Hmm. Yeah, I'd like to um, look at a text in the New Testament and I'm referring to Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses 31 and 32. And... Jesus is speaking here and he says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Now, now, Carly, what was the, the priority of Jesus uh, in regard to, to life's necessities? Yeah, so if we um, continue on reading in that passage, verse, verses 33 and 34 say, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So here we see clearly that um, God's kingdom, God's work takes first priority. Of course, Jesus wasn't saying that we shouldn't you know, plan wisely and use wisely and think about material things at all, but that our top priority is is God's work and then he will supply these mm. other things if we if we trust in him. Yeah, and St. Paul, didn't he? He said, you know, if a person doesn't work, they don't deserve to eat. Mm. But they're capable of working, of course. You know. Yeah. Um, but, but Jesus is saying the first thing, seek first the kingdom of God. That's it's our spiritual welfare sure. that is priority. Um, so uh, in Jesus' day, um, Jesus, the actual Jews of his time saw uh, being wealthy as being a, a blessing of God. Um, but was this, this kind of view justified, Harold? Well, they would have got it from Moses' words. Let me read to you Deuteronomy 28, verse 4 and 5. And there Moses wrote, Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Now, I don't believe this is the same for everything. Being poor is not a mark of God's cursing. Neither is the prosperity gospel that some people have today. Uh, you know, some people are just unable to accumulate wealth. Maybe accident, it could be illness, they just can't work this way. But whether they're rich or poor, giving is still 
out of our love to God. Yeah, and that's quite uh, contrary to uh, many pagan ideas, Correct. isn't it? Yeah. You know, where you have to appease God, mm-hmm. and that's why you bring your offerings, even in some cases, you know, sacrificing your own children uh, to God. But uh, is that, Harold, is that how the Judeo-Christian uh, belief structure works? Uh, this appeasement idea? No. Uh, we don't bring our offerings to gain acceptance with God. But uh, just let me find this verse. I'm going to read one in a moment from 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 9. And it's very interesting uh, because it really gives us answers on this topic. Here's, let me read this. Verse 6 and 7. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. You know, instead of saying God loves a cheerful giver, I would say God loves a responsive giver. If God has given to me, I want to give back to him. And that's there. God's blessing should be then in proportion to his generosity to me. And so I give because he gives to me that way. And it's a heart decision. It's cheerful. It's glad because of what he's done for me. Uh, In fact, that's the verse in the Bible. We love him because he first loved us. Mm. And then if he gives all these blessings to me, I want to give back to him. The Greek word for cheerful is hilaros. And we get our word hilarious from it. But it's not a frivolous joy. This is a cheerful, genuine wanting to give because what God has given to Mm. me. Yeah, thanks for that thought. Uh, Just going back to Deuteronomy again, um, Kylie and Harold, if you'd like to turn with me back to Deuteronomy 16. Deuteronomy chapter 16 and verse 17, it says, Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given you. So, So Kylie, what significant principle do you see in this verse? So this verse brings out the principle of proportionality. We Mm -hmm. give in proportion to what we have received. So if we've been blessed with much, then we can give much. And Luke 12 verse 48 in the New Testament says the same thing uh, in the middle part of the verse, from the middle part of the verse, for everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. And So here Jesus was speaking about faithful and unfaithful stewards and the reward or punishment in his illustration was in proportion to their level of faithfulness or even their level of knowledge. And this applies to more than just our money resources. It applies to talents and the use that we make of them. So I really like Ellen White's comment on this verse. She says, we shall individually be held responsible for doing one jot less than we have ability to do. For all the knowledge and ability that we might have gained and did not, there will be an eternal loss. And that's from Christ's Object Lessons, page 363. So we may still gain eternal life, 
but we may have missed blessings through not using all of our God-given powers. And we know that Peter says actually that Lot, for instance, didn't really make, you know, make the best and wiser stewardship decisions. And so even though he will be saved, he has suffered loss. And um, there's a saying that the full cup is the one that's hardest to carry. So some are blessed with greater abilities than others, and they have a greater responsibility to use their talents for God's glory. Mm. Now, in the introduction, uh, I quoted um, Psalm 116 and verse 12. Uh, In the New King James Version, it says, What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? How would you respond to that, Harold? Well, What shall I give? (laughs) The psalm goes on and really explains it. The next couple of verses say, I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people. You know, accepting the gift of salvation and faithful giving, one starts the other and they go hand in hand. But... I want to remember my generosity to God can never match his generosity to me. And when I think of salvation, eternal life that comes by faith in Jesus, the free forgiveness of sins, what can I give that would compare with that? Here's a verse that Matthew writes in the New Testament in chapter 10 and verse 8. He writes, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. That's helping others. But then it says, freely you have received, freely give. And so what, because God's given to me, I want to give freely to him. Mm. Yeah. And again, it's, a, it's this love response, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, giving back to God. Um, so... Uh, Psalm 116 and verse 12 we've just read, and uh, I'd like to um, ask, where does sin originate? Where does selfishness originate, uh, Kylie? Um, and how can, how can selfishness get in the way of our, our relationship with God? Yeah, so selfishness actually is really foreign to the character of God and he never intended that it should be um, a part of the universe, but actually it originated with the highest um, created being. It originated with Lucifer uh, and in Isaiah chapter 14 and verses 12 to 14, I will read those verses which talk about um, the origin really of selfishness. It says there, how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest mm. sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. So here we see that Lucifer's downfall was self and covetousness. Mm -hmm. And some show selfishness by hoarding their money, but it could really be anything that we don't use to God's glory. And really, ultimately, you know, when life ends, it's not the person who's got the most money that wins because, you know, we can't take it with us. Um, So being generous to God and others is 
is being like God. That's that's the true God likeness. And so self-centered hoarders actually are not happy people really at the root of it. Um, so author G. Edward Reed says, our offerings contribute to the development of a Christ-like character. So it's an opportunity for us to be like God, not to keep as much as we can for ourselves, but to give. Mm, yeah, and that's that really is the essence of God's character, isn't it? You know, he is a giving God, you know. God so loved the world that he gave. Mm. 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 Um, what were some of the uh, elements uh, that, were in, that were common in worship in New Testament times? Uh, well, how, in the early Christian church, and you study the scriptures and see what the Old Testament said, Paul actually mentions one thing that was really difficult to understand, the foolishness of preaching. <laughs> because when you give, people don't like it. But he says the foolishness of preaching. But then they sang psalms, they worshipped, they had hymns, they had spiritual songs and they prayed together. But not the least of these was returning tithes and the giving of offerings. Deuteronomy tells us this. Three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, at the Feast of Weeks, and at the Feast of Tabernacles. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they're the three big, big festivals. Three big gatherings. Yeah. And they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. That's interesting. You don't come with nothing. You come with your gifts. And so... In Old Testament, it was just like that. We have already referred to the next verse that says, every man shall give as he's able, according to the blessing that God's given. And so three times a year, they came together with their tithes and with their offerings brought to the tabernacle or the temple for God's service. And so we do the same today. When we come to church, we don't come empty handed. God has given so much to us, we love to give back to him. Mm. Yeah, and it's interesting that one of the, uh, the songs of thanksgiving of, of King David is recorded in First Chronicles in chapter 16 and verse 29, where he says, Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering yes. and come before him. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. So can King David's song of thanksgiving be a, a personal experience, Kylie? Yeah, so I think that as we bring our gifts, um, we can enter into that same experience that King David had. So another verse that talks about this is Psalm 96 and verses 8 and 9, which says, Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Um, so many of the Psalms were written by David, but this Psalm is a so-called orphan Psalm because we don't know who gave it birth. So obviously there were others that had the same experience and it harmonizes with David's song of thanksgiving in Chronicles. And um, I mean, today there's a lot of different kinds of giving, like we might give online um, before we even come to church or, you mm. know, whether we give it as a, as a cash offering or as a check, you know, we, we, you know, give at some point. It, it, it is an essential part of our worship experience. Mm. Yeah. Yes, yes, I, I, I give online, but I also like to give at church as yeah. well. You know, it's something symbolic about, you know, participating in worship in, in that way. 
Now, Harold, uh, can you can you testify from your own personal experience about the the blessing of bringing tithes and offerings? Sure. Early on, I started out training as a teacher, and they paid me six pounds every fortnight or something. That's about twelve dollars, and you know, a tenth of that was one dollar twenty. And after a week, I said, I'm a bit short. I don't think I can give it this fortnight and I'll do it next fortnight. But then I couldn't. And it got, I was owing God because he's given me these blessings. And finally, I said, I'm going to give it. And what was left was able to care for all my needs until I got some more. And then I've found ever since, as I give, he keeps giving me more. And I love to give my tithes to him because they're his anyway. Mm. And then I love to give offerings to support his work and to help those in need as well. His mm. blessings outweigh what I can give anyway. Yeah. Um, so is there necessarily, Kylie, a, a, a blessing in bringing a big offering? Yeah. Well, if God has blessed us with a lot, um, then you know, as we were saying before, you know, we should give in proportion to what God has given to us. But really, ultimately, it's the motive. I mean, for some people, what looks like a very small offering to other people looking on, if they don't know the person's circumstances to that particular individual, it can be actually a really big sacrifice. So we can't tell just from, you know, it's not just monetary value. Really, it's the it's the motive that lies behind it. And so, yeah, one of the most um, famous stories that probably many people um, know is um, found in Mark chapter 12 and uh, starting at verse 41, going through to verse 44. This is the story of the widow with her two mites. It says, now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury and many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which make a quadrants. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had her whole livelihood. Uh, So in this verse talks about quadrants there, which was the smallest copper Roman coin and 128 mites, were equivalent to the wage of a labourer at that time. So Jesus was not here impressed with the amount given, but with the devotion of the heart. And there's a lovely quote in the book Reflecting Christ, page 268, which says that the poor widow who cast two mites into the treasury of the Lord showed love, faith and benevolence. She gave all that she had, trusting to God's care for the uncertain future. Her little gift was pronounced by our Saviour, the greatest that day cast into the treasury. Its value was measured not by the worth of the coin, but by the purity of the motive which prompted her. And when you think about how that gift has inspired so many people to give, probably in monetary terms, it actually has brought more into Christ's treasury than all those rich gifts. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for that, Kylie. And and the widow's two might, interestingly, was the only time that Jesus commended generosity, that, that particular story. 
So, so how important, Harold? How important is motive to God? Well, all our actions must come from the heart. They've got to be genuine. And Jesus talked about those who weren't genuine in Matthew chapter 15 and verse 8. He said, These people draw near to me with their mouth. They honour me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Mere words carry little weight if the heart is not there. The motive has to be right. Um, yeah, I'd like to uh, just have a look at Acts chapter 10 and uh, verses 1 and 2. Acts 10 and verses 1 and 2. Uh, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household. And this is the interesting part about it. it says, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. Um, so, so what qualities, uh, Kylie, of this centurion were appreciated by, by Luke who's writing here? Yeah, so first of all, he had a balanced spiritual life and he was personally devout. His reverence for God was a shared family experience. He gave generous charitable gifts and he also had a personal prayer life. He knew the truth of the words of Jesus, that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Yeah, there's another interesting story a little further back in chapter 4 of Acts, um, verses 36 and 37, Acts 4, 36 and 37. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought money and laid it at the apostles' feet. So here's, we better know him uh, as by the name of Barnabas yes, later in the scriptures. He probably gave quite a bit of money, didn't he, Kylie? Yeah. Uh, I, th I think so. Uh, I like what Anthony Kent writes about this. He says, So Barnabas sold his land without any fuss or fanfare and laid all the proceeds at the feet of the apostles. This honest, generous and unassuming approach of Barnabas stands in stark contrast to what follows immediately in Acts. It's a little disappointing that many of us know the story of the unfaithful Ananias and Sapphira better than the remarkably faithful Barnabas. Um, and, you know, Barnabas became a great missionary for the gospel. In fact, he was a partner even with Paul mm. uh, in his earlier travels. And really that all started with a big gift from the heart. Mm -hmm. so are there times when, uh, when a big offering is, is uh, required to Harold? Well, there was a big one. We take the story of Mary Magdalene and I don't have time to read it all, but she took a very expensive perfume and poured it on Jesus' head. And he says, she'll be remembered forever. Yeah, yeah. And that was, that an, was a very big expensive one. offering, for, wasn't it? it more yeah. than a year's wages. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you, Kylie and uh, Harold, for your contributions to our thoughts today. Uh, my guests were Kylie Fisher and Harold Harker. You know, St. Paul in his great chapter on love said, Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Amen. How would we appreciate a gift from someone who told us they were giving because they felt they had to? When we know they really wanted to give voluntarily from a heart of love, we are touched. Hmm. As you reflect on our loving, giving God, may you respond as God would want you to give 
and to live to give. We're glad you joined us today on Let God Speak. Remember, all past programs and teacher's notes are available on our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. Email us if you wish on lgs at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We hope you'll join us again next time. And until that time, may God richly bless you. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.